Halflings. You're listening to Slurmcast, a podcast for no reason. My name is Michelle Berlingame. With me are Tommy Roulette. How's it going? And Pete Woodward. That's me. Joining us today is special guest Robbie Puzzatello. How's it going, Robbie? Groovy. Hey. Welcome to yes, our, welcome. our House of Pod. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, very much appreciate it. And we just met you 10 or so minutes ago. You seem very genial, so hopefully this will go well. Um, <laughs> I, if not, the basement's where I put the bodies. Just okay. so <laughs> yeah, people to come I'm find sure you. I could get comfy down there. <laughs> so I, I feel kind of left out. Uh, all three of you went to meet Bruce Campbell yesterday. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? I... I had a very good experience. I woke up super early to get in line to get, you had to get a wristband and buy the book from Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. in order to go back later in the evening. And uh, ah. then they would call up people like, it was like the first 100 people would go up and stand in line. Yeah. And then it was the next 50 people. And then it was the next 50 people. And they just kept going. And I was number like 143. And I don't know where you guys were at, but I was a full three hundred people behind you, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think Robbie was halfway between us. Two twenty six, yeah, yeah. So oh a God. comfy middle ground. Yeah, there's no way I could take out that kind of time to yeah. just just for idleness. I I um, requested off work so I could go do it. Yeah, and everything because I really wanted to 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 see him. Did you ask it him was, to come on the show? I did not. It was a very <laughs> Like, it was quick. Excuse it, me. Very yeah. quick. Yeah. Like before I knew it, I was done. <laughs> like yeah. you were waiting around and waiting around and just wandering around Barnes and Noble. And then they were like, all right, numbers uh, like 130 to 200 or whatever. And then so then I went up the escalator to the second floor and then you stood in one line and then there was like green tape. And then they said, okay, you guys next, next. And then we were standing there and then they had some guy that would take you, they would actually hand you the trade you the book you bought for an autographed copy of the book. <laughs> so here's where things were weird for me because when I, when I showed up, I had to go upstairs at the Barnes and Noble, get my wristband, get the book. But then I was standing downstairs for like two hours. Um, the person that I was standing around with, she ended up going, I think she was a full 50 people ahead of me. So she went up and I was like, well, I guess I'll flip through the book. And my copy was already signed because they had accidentally given me a pre-signed copy instead of a blank copy. And I didn't bring any memorabilia with me to have him sign. Cause I, I guess I just didn't realize that he was doing that. I thought it was just like the book and then that's it. But he was signing stuff. So, um, I was like, well, what's he going to sign? I have the signed book in my hands. Like, what's he going to sign? I don't have anything else for him to sign. So I was thinking maybe an employee had had it signed because I didn't realize that the copies that they were switching out were pre-signed copies. So I went up to some kid at the desk up front and I was like, hey, so this copy has already got a signature in it. (laughs) Uh, Does this belong to somebody? And they just handed me like an employee had it signed and set it aside for later or to take home. You know, somebody got to meet him before the event and got their copy signed. And I, I, I was just confused. But then they they swapped it out for a clean copy. And he actually ended up signing my book. And then I bought a uh, couple pop figurines that he signed one of those. I still think you should have gotten it signed twice. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I, I think that would have been better. You like show up and you're like, what? Well, I think again, twice again, right. monkey. <laughs> he wasn't personalizing things. But he did for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think if I had still had the signed book, he probably would have written something else in the book. See. So I didn't think ahead. I didn't think about that before I swapped it for the clean copy. Mm-hmm. But oh. I did get my uh, Ash versus Evil Dead Ruby Pop signed also. Well, so I don't feel quite as bad. I mean, it, it's it's nice that you're altruistic enough to think I'm ruining someone else's shot at owning this but <laughs> i mean it's kill or be killed yeah but honestly i thought maybe some employee was gonna go like oh my god you found my book why don't you stand aside and you'll get to meet Bruce Campbell later <laughs> oh well okay <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it wasn't completely altruistic yeah that's, <laughs> it was well okay a, so you were having idea. a pipe dream i had then. yeah i had a little but what if and you got your uh ash robot consortium doll yes yes uh signed which was super cool because patrick uh, who owns and operates the robot consortium uh, only made a few of those dolls and they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, go look up Patrick on, on Facebook. Yeah. Now it's truly a one of a kind uh, piece of art. Good job. I say. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he made a little comment of that. He was like, Oh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. And then he made a comment about how it was small and he was going to try to sign it. He did. It was fine. <laughs> I have some friends um, that make they they hand sculpt the uh, the book. Oh, like so the Necronomicon. They, yeah, book? they, they yeah. hand oh, they yeah, hand sculpt that. the Necronomicon. So um, she took uh, it's my actually my friend and her uh, boyfriend's my friend's sister. She took a, one of those books that her sister hand carved, and he was like, "Well, this is super cool," and was really impressed with like this handmade necronomicon and signed it and all of this is giving me flashbacks to working at borders like in the early 2000s which is the nordstrom rack across from barnes and noble Mm -hmm. now like i remember when that was a borders yeah i i mean now i was lucky because i just worked in the warehouse which meant i showed up early and i left early and i didn't have to deal with any other dumb bullshit but if i ever went back there when they were doing events like it was always just a madhouse like, I, and I would not have been able to deal with it. I can only imagine, because that Barnes & Noble is massive with the two floors and stuff. It's just, it just had to be, like, yeah, exhausting. It was, it was weird because they didn't really have anywhere specifically to keep people. Because yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, it would have been cool if they did a book talk, but there was nowhere to, like, really facilitate that. Unless maybe they were to, like rearrange an area you know but. you probably have like requirements like marketing people say that oh, this yeah. this shelf has to be here and facing 25 degrees toward the sun with this know. many copies <laughs> has uh i guess to try and bring it back to the topic of our actual show has bruce campbell ever been on futurama Does no he show up later i don't think so it seems like it would be a sure thing you know, just like to pop in at some point and do like a little quick cameo. He might but, be too obscure, but I I suppose there's a chance that Simpsons could have picked him up at some point <laughs> just because they've done everything yeah. else. Maybe they did. It's, and he's one of those guys where he couldn't just jump into his IMDb page right now because it's just long mm-hmm. and longer and longer. But um, I just wanted to walk up to him and be like, I loved you in Spider-Man. <laughs> I strongly considered bringing my Spider-Man trip. Because I'm sure he gets Army of Darkness and Evil Dead all day. Yeah, okay. yeah. But Yeah, it's... Uh, on. Uh, actually, that's a perfect segue. Because in Spider-Man, he was a wrestling announcer. And the Jumbotron was a man wrestling some kind of horseman. What the hell was that all about? Uh, it was called... Uh, it's a Greek's life. It's, it's a Greek life. 
I don't know. 1936. There's no link to click on it from like here, so it didn't a, go farther. It was a centaur. Uh, oh. I did. I did look it up a little bit. So um, I think it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole cartoon on YouTube. I think most of these you can probably find on there somewhere or on some kind of you know cartoon resource Oof, YouTube page. That sounds so not fun. <laughs> what? But it, I guess the cartoons basically it's it's not our uh, our racism Bosco <laughs> type no. stuff. It's just a general like uh, Mercury's dropping off his sandals with a centaur to be repaired, and then the the centaur uh, doesn't finish fixing his sandals and then he tries tying ducks to Mercury's feet or something. It's really strange. I'm just reading like the, the synopsis of the whole cartoon. I I didn't actually watch the whole cartoon, (laughs) but I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah. First of all. And second of all, I think it does nothing but reaffirm my belief that the people making cartoons in the thirties and forties were completely whacked out of their skulls on drugs. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely a different time. I mean, because cartoons didn't originally start out like necessarily for kids too, so I guess you could get things of all. Uh, oh yeah, it's. I mean, the jumbotron discussions have gone into a lot of weird places. Many of them uh, troublingly racist. Uh, certainly, all of them very violent. And then there's other stuff where it's just like the imagery is just like. Completely bad shit. Do they ever allude to the episode ahead, or is it just kind of arbitrary what appears on the Jumbotron? There's there's times where something in the cartoon will kind of, sort of, maybe tie to the episode. It's not, I don't think it's an intentional thing whatsoever, but it's like, oh, this happened in that cartoon, and this happened in the show, but I really, it's like, it's kind of like... You got to kind of get there to to find it. And even then, it's just, it's like, you can draw a connection between any two points if you, you know. If you try. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, some of them are just completely insane. And, and then some of them, like, some of them will pop up later even. So it's like the same cartoon maybe shows up three or four times, uh, but different clips. So you wouldn't necessarily know that they're the same thing. It's. It's all uh, basically just something I do to get Tom mad, and he's been beaten into submission <laughs> about it now. Yeah, it's like the Simpsons couch gag, basically, because okay. they just—it's a different one each time, and then the ship crashes, and it's like you know, a Un- few seconds y- until they- this episode. Until we'll, this episode, but we'll get to that. Oh yes, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I know what you're going to bring up, Amy. Uh, right off the bat, reinforcing her completely clumsy nature, but I don't. <laughs> it was so weird. She's, she comes in on that party board and is yeah, super graceful. Such a cool and does, name for a, <laughs> She does like yeah. a little like plie thing on the board and she takes one step and just <laughs> right on her face. Is Has the party board been uh, brought up again? Or, or um, brought up again? Brought up earlier? Is that like a, a recurring I think it thing? comes back later, but I don't know if it's been in any previous episodes it that seems, I can remember. It seems like it would be super fun. Uh, I'd also probably kill myself on one because I have no balance. It's basically a hoverboard. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Uh, was it, would you call that surfing or hovering? She was in. I like the the great rad spot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the great red spot on Mars. She was in the great rad spot. Is that just her using her weird um, slang? Splah. Yeah, I, there's a couple of those that get dropped early, but uh, the thing that um, you know really kind of broke my heart early on was that Kiff called 
and then stayed on hold for two hours just you know like sullenly waiting on a video call he's a sad sack of another hour i would have hung up (laughs) no and it just thought about hanging up (laughs) there's something about that that just really he's such an empathetic character because he's he's pathetic in his own ways clearly codependent on zap but like he really is a sweet and heroic character and he just gets walked all over some things came off me and clogged up the shower drain. Yeah, yeah, and he's just back what? there, like what came super off naked. Of you? <laughs> the uh, there's something about his naked shower swagger that um, I'm trying. I I I tried to think of what it reminded me of because there's like there is a very specific image that it recalls, and for the life of me. I couldn't remember what it was. Like, I, I want to say Simpsons, but I don't think it's the Simpsons. It's like some other naked cartoon character, like flexing in sort of a greasy way. <laughs> but I, I don't, I mean, and like flossing uh, the butt cheeks with the towel. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> but it's more Flanders when he's skiing. That's it. At all. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, because Flanders in the bodysuit. That is exactly what it was. Oh, the skiing bodysuit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah right. that's Stupid, Feels sexy like Flanders. Nothing <laughs> at all. Nothing at all. It's, uh, it's interesting how, how well they uh, are able to cover up the nudity. There is, some, there is some interesting revelations in this episode regarding the uniforms. We can get to that yeah. later. But it, it, was, it was definitely something where... Uh, you just feel even worse for him at that point because, again, he's just... Well, I think he invites it. I think if Kiff isn't being abused, he doesn't feel comfortable and healthy. He's sort of like he's... He's basically a masochist, I think. I mean, you know, he's he's much more comfortable being abused because in, on the little epi- parts of the episodes where he's not, like, he really just freaks out and can't handle, like you know, the freedom, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah, he definitely seems to kind of crumple, uh, or maybe not even crumple, but, like, when he he does rise to meeting a challenge, part of the joke is, like you said, he just kind of gets trampled on anyway. And yeah. they just put him back into where he started. Where Zap is going to just, you know, overrun. But, but Amy, too. I mean, they've been in this long-distance relationship, and he's clearly, like, enamored with her. Um, but the... Uh, once again, Bender is superfluously some other kind of machine where he's an answering machine here. Uh, Why would you even have Bender as an answering machine? Bender's got some bad jokes in this episode. <laughs> right. And, okay, so this is exactly the sort of thing where I just feel like, this is dumb, and you're agreeing with me? Is that the case? You're not just going to say cartoon no. logic. No, I mean, I get, it's fine, like... Yes, cartoon logic, why he's an answering machine, but why would anyone have Bender as an answering machine? They should know better. It's like, you (laughs) could not use him. (laughs) I mean... That's where I'm at. I almost feel like it would have been funnier if he was, like, the pager or something. It it wasn't really a funny joke. No, it wasn't. He was the answering machine. It wasn't. I mean, I'm just just trying to punch it up 20 years after the fact. Um, But the... uh, the book that Leela was reading, Great Machete Battles. <laughs> oh, very Leela. <laughs> is, is that a real book? I don't think so. It should be. 
I, and, and the fact I don't think that, there's been enough great machete battles to warrant a book yet. <laughs> but this is a thousand years in the future. So it's possible. I mean, do, do any of you own a machete? No. They're only like $7 <laughs> on Walmart. the record. No. I used to, but I don't. What happened to it, Michelle? Someone stole it. <laughs> and then hacked someone a bunch I of people lived, to death. Someone I lived with took it. <laughs> you, was, you couldn't even try and stop them because they had a machete. Was it, was I it just used didn't in a gang fight outside no. the foundry a few years no, ago? No, well, maybe. It was, it's been a long time. There is a Great Machete Battles Facebook page. There is a Great Machete Battles Infosphere entry. And then there's an entry for it in Unbooks. Uh, so, no, it's not a book. No, but it should be. Is Unbooks a list of books that, that aren't is, books? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the Encyclopedia. Okay. I mean, I, it, you know. Who compiles that? I don't know. I just think of words together. Let me Google this. Mm-hmm. Nope, not a book. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to own a machete. Um, I really should get one because they are they are shockingly inexpensive. You can go to Harbor Freight and get like two for fifteen dollars. Army yeah. surplus, I think, is where I got mine. It was like an old Vietnam era machete. What do you used? Need? Yeah. What do you it need? To used? Machete? I mean, it sure? was it was just old. It was like not I, pristine. I don't know if it was used, but ugh. Army surplus. I don't think that stuff is generally, you know. I had a seventh grade teacher that pronounced it machete. <laughs> Why? That's the whole extra letter. I don't know. <laughs> I had a, a teacher that pronounced tortilla tortilla and oh got God. really indignant when I told her that's not how you pronounce tortilla. I can only, only, <laughs> only, only, only hope it was a Spanish teacher. No. That would have been so good. Tortilla. I have a big question. Yeah? When I'm coming up to whatever, already where we get Tom. there. No, it's... um. So they go to... What is it? Nigel Seven? Yeah, is that the, the a, hive mind of Nigel Seven. <laughs> and why do they need a pill so big? Because they're hive a hive mind. mind. <laughs> it's a bunch. Ah, of, so it's a bunch of people. It's like oh, uh, I didn't even grasp that. Like yeah. like Unity and Rick right, and Morty. Right. It's a hive but that mind. means they would just need a whole bunch of pills. Well, well, that's what happens when you ingest it. It's probably. I mean, that was probably more of a suppository than well, a like swallow a, pill. I'm yes. thinking. And then the other question I have is, how did Amy get into the pill without knocking all the little pill things out of it? I, it's, it was very messy. Um, she could have. Somebody had to have helped her. It's probably Zoidberg. I was going to say, can we just explain a way that Zoidberg helps in, a, in any <laughs> unseen scenario? Although, I mean, though, to be fair, if Zoidberg did help, it, there's no way it would have been as flawless as it was. So, uh... She could have gotten like Cubert or Dwight or somebody. Or even, I mean, maybe she had it all worked out. Amy's really smart. I just turned the tables on you, Pete. <laughs> I know. You're trying to explain something. I know. Look, the last <laughs> the last time that happened, some really bad shit went down. Tom. I, I'm skittish. I'm sorry. Um, no, I just uh, thought it was, that was like my thought when she came out. I'm like, now how did she get in well, there? With, when, she, like, when she asked to go, it's probably one of my favorite lines in Futurama when the professor goes, no, it's a, not a prom limo. We're a space <laughs> delivery service. If anyone needs me, I'll be in the angry dome. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah. that is yeah. my new favorite Futurama quote. I totally had forgotten about it until I rewatched this episode. I need one. I want yeah. you to go. I want you to go to the bank and try to get a loan to build an anchor build an room under your dome. house. I, well, look, look. I just got back from 
I drove to and from Iowa this past weekend. So you definitely need uh, an angry dome. Yeah, I mean, I stopped. It was me. I mean, it was with my family. We were going out to uh, to a family event, and it was all wonderful. But it's a long drive, and there's not a lot to see. And if you're eight years old, it turns out you get bored really fucking quick. Despite having iPads with videos and toys and all these other things, like kids these days. I look. We used to get shoved in the back of a, a station wagon, facing backwards. So if there was a rear end collision, we we're fucked. <laughs> and or you know, just in like the uh, the cargo bay of the station wagon, like splayed out, no seat belts anyway, none of it. But we'd do like fourteen hour straight drives down to like South Carolina or Florida or something, like. And if you were lucky, you had a coloring book and your crayons didn't melt when you went mm-hmm. into the Howard Johnson's to eat your lunch because mostly it was just like hours and hours of boredom. <laughs> this is, I, I mean, I had downloaded movies, all this stuff onto the iPad. She has games on here and like 45 minutes in. Are we are we in Chicago yet? I'm like, <laughs> do, you, do you see any giant buildings? No. Okay, we'll be there in six more hours. Are we in Chicago yet? I'm like, motherfucker. I, I, it just... By the end of it, like, I totally needed the Angry Dome. I mean, I probably need it uh, at least every other day, baseline. Not, not quite an Angry Dome, but I have been seeing uh, videos for essentially, it, it reminds me of escape rooms, but they're just rooms that you can go and smash stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah I mean, it costs money, but it's probably I don't really care. rewarding. I don't care. And that's, I mean, I, I'm sure that therapeutically, there's going to be the people who are uh, licensed, trained therapists that'll be like, yeah, that's not good. But on the other hand, like, it feels good to break shit. <laughs> like, it, it is cathartic. It and if it's meaningless shit that's probably, like, I've got boxes and boxes and boxes of crap out in the garage that's, like, got garage sale written on the side of it. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But it's, like, dishes and all these other things. Like, if I could just take a Louisville slugger to that, and you get dressed up in, like, a nice protective suit with the mask on and everything, like, <laughs> are there any of those in Cleveland? I suppose we could make one. We could yeah. find out. I mean, like, there's there's escape rooms and stuff here, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Or there was. Yeah, yeah, there are a few. I booked an appointment at for, like, the opposite of that. For this Friday, I'm gonna do one of those weird like float <laughs> isolation. It no, it's oh, it's okay. it's like an isolation tank. It's a room with like a float tank in it, and you just lay. And it's like the the water has Sensory salt in deprivation. it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an isolation tank basically. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out. Hopefully I don't. Crazy. Hopefully I don't freak. How much <laughs> How much does it cost? Uh, the, I I found a uh, a deal through. Um, Labor Day, I think it was like thirty nine dollars instead of seventy nine dollars. And I've wanted to do it an hour. I've wanted to do it for a while. What's but it? What is the purpose of it? You just there's. I bet, what is it supposed to help you or do? Just relaxation. Oh. And then you just you're just floating. Like the the water is the same Left temperature as your body, and in you're the dark alone and with your own thoughts. That's kind of scary. Uh, I believe the purpose is so you can trip balls. I think that's what, what's <laughs> supposed to happen at a certain point is you like we'll see. hallucinate by removing all sensory input. You're left with just your brain going to your own devices. But I agree, Tom. I think being left alone with your thoughts is the most terrifying thing yeah. that can happen to a person, especially if they're me. <laughs> happens to me every night when I go to bed. Oh, see, no, there's, look, <laughs> I've got a whole self-medication regimen. I'll try and... Uh, you know, play maybe a game or read some Game of Thrones or something to like get it to shut off. 
It's it, but I do have to take like some sort of a chemical hammer to my skull every night just to, to <laughs> hibernative not. naptosis. Yes, oh my god, that sounded so <laughs> amazing. Because just I, press a button and it's yeah. I mean, have have um, how are you guys with naps? I love them. They're yeah, it depends yeah. on the day, but they're great. I I love them too. I so rarely get to take them as a child and even as a young adult. Not really a fan. Like I don't I don't operate on a whole lot of sleep, you know. But now it's one of those things where it is just as if I can get a good nap in. Like a, like a good one, not like a wake up and feel all sweaty and shitty like an you know, less than an hour later, but like like a good hour and a half, just zonk. It's the most decadent thing in the world. I don't know. That's a little bit too long for a nap for me. Like, you think? I just need, yeah, if I go too long, then I'm like, then I don't want to wake up and I want to keep sleeping. I, it takes me like 40 minutes to fall asleep, though. That's the problem. Because like, I'm not going to get wasted in the middle of the day and be like, oh, I'm ready to sleep. Right. <laughs> it, th- see, that's also the other thing, because why... They say like a good, you know, like 20 minute nap is like a good nap or something like that where you're not going into REM or something. And how do you, like, so you have just be asleep for 20 minutes. So how long does it take somebody to fall asleep? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it takes me so a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'm the same way if I'm trying to take a nap. I have to like feel the nap coming on. And then I can. Yeah, I can't just lay down. I can't and just take say like nap. I'm going to take a nap when I get home from work so that I can do this thing later. Like that, that won't work for me. I, you know, to be fair, based on your Facebook feed, I don't think doing this thing later is really a thing you do very much. Uh, not really. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> You're correct about that. But I did. Uh, I went to Porco last night after the Bruce Campbell thing, and that is like. If if you've ever been to Porco, you know that going to Porco and then getting up at 6 a.m. for work the next morning is not always easy. That's abuse, man. <laughs> but I did it, and I was fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really go out all that often. I've been doing it more because I'm trying to not be forever in my house like the... Around the, 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 the old guy that the died. The nuclear microwave. <laughs> hey, that's the, that's the other house. Oh, okay. That was I, another. I don't have that that uh, science oven anymore. Porco, uh, for those of you that are outside of the Cleveland area, is just a it's a nice tiki bar where they make a lot of really strong and delicious drinks. Um, they have food. I'm not going to recommend it unless you're really hard up, I think. I, I mean, it was fine, but this real star of the show. It, it's good. It's, it's the drinks. It's not about the yeah. food there. The food there is pretty good. But I didn't even know they served food there. The it's, it's only until a certain pretty, time. They're acceptable. They're good. But they, would you go to a tiki place for tacos? I'll get them while I'm there, but I definitely don't think I'd go out of the way for a taco. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a destination taco. No. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, to be fair. There's really only a few of those around here, anyway. But um, Taco Bell. Yeah, that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta eat. No, wait. That's the other one. Rallies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh don't yeah. get him started on rallies. <laughs> when you literally have to eat, or you will die. No. Rallies. No. Or you gotta eat. Or when they send you a text message in the middle of the day to taunt you and say, "Quit cheesing." Get a Checker Rally Burger with small uh, cheese small combo for only one ninety nine at Checkers and Rallies. I mean, they know me. 
They know me well. Those burgers are made out of dirt and oh, Chinese it's so good. newspapers. It's so good. <laughs> I don't care. It's so bad. <laughs> How can you like that? You just made me love them even more. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think um, the hibernative naptosis sounded like a delightful thing. There was also another set of really good exterior shots in this episode. Um, yes. So coming out of like, I think the thing that came up a lot towards the end of season three and I guess moving into season four now is something's going on with their graphics where they're really like, mm-hmm. like the water, when the establishing shot coming in at the very beginning, there's like that water in front of the Planet Express building that looked really cool. And yeah. then there was the, um, this big space shot when they were leaving to go to Nigel seven. They got that, that 3d art. The yeah. docking sequence was cool. And the planet mm-hmm. express ship went into the Nimbus. Is it <laughs> ship yeah. to ship intimacy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's where, that's where the jumbotron cartoons yeah. come back. Was that, the same, was, watching was that them. the same cartoon? Cause I, I meant to look that up, but I no, I don't think so. But that it was, was like, it was weird. Cause he was actually watching like a re, like a, a <laughs> like a cartoon was watching a cartoon. Yes. But they were, <laughs> They, it, I mean, I don't think it was the same one from earlier in the episode. It was definitely one we've seen before, mm-hmm. or you know, part of another. Like I think there was recurring characters, but the fact that he's just like Shatner lounged out in the chair, and then watching these old timey cartoons, which uh, ties their universe back to ours. Yeah, I guess so. So I bet. I know this uh, This might have gotten cut out of an earlier episode, but I think you know, we're one detective munch away from this being part of the SV universe. That's what I think. Was Richard Belzer ever on Futurama? No, we, I think we talked about that, and I don't believe so. Yeah, well, you, um, you cut it out anyway. What did, what did uh, Zap say <laughs> about they the cartoon? They jumped right out of their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, was that he also could be picking up a transmission from a different planet that just happens to have a similar cartoon to to what our universe is no because they pulled down the screen to pull it back up that was the part that I love they had like an old timey school room like projection screen activate glass window yeah (laughs) (laughs) and they they do the yank down and then it kind of rolls back up that's right which which I love because it was really just like um, it, j- it just—he's such a creep, and I'm surprised that they—I mean—they weren't showing some kind of like porn on the screen too, like, it, <laughs> like, like weird tentacle porn or something that they could have like gotten onto uh, broadcast television with like under the censors. It was like some sort of weird hentai thing with like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was abstract enough, but uh, you know him him seeing um. Or seeing Leela and just be like, oh, there's a, there's a very sensual disturbance in the force. Like, he's <laughs> he's just 100% creep all the time. I love it. I love how he's he's just... It's it's actually... The, this is the first episode with him in it where I didn't miss Phil Hartman. And now that I've said that, I miss Phil Aww. Hartman. Aww. But that was, that was really good. And, and <laughs> so he basically... Uh, they enter Planet Express, and he crawls into bed with Leela. So <laughs> How long do you think he was sitting there, just like gazing at her in his, his repose? <laughs> I don't I'd know. I'd say at least ha- within half an hour range is probably. 
You think? I, I don't know. It's I, hard to say. I would say, I mean, I feel that we can equate Zaps. I feel like Nibbler would have known. His equipment, uh, his commitment is probably pretty similar to Kiff's, you know, with the waiting on the TV screen. I think for all we know, Zap could have got up and like made some food and popcorn and hung Come out, like, used the bathroom. Like <laughs> 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 he may have been there a while. I think I think that's exactly it. Like I could see him being there for like four hours, just kind of you're trying to wake her up, but then when she just like shellacks him in the gut, his response of a, a little bit so, what is uh, a little bit lower and a lot softer, <laughs> which is such a creep. I know, I know, but like I mean. You know, I need to keep that in my back pocket sometimes, <laughs> just just to have it ready for an episode with not that many fry lines in it. Like fry is barely in this episode. There's a lot of good lines. Yeah, there no, are a I lot of good lines that. in this one. There's hardly any fry. He's got like a handful of of lines. Is there? There's not even really any Bender either. Not much. And what there is of Bender is like, pff, yeah, yeah. it's not All not right. good Bender. Was there a fry line that was coming up? No, oh. I just was thinking like that's there's just so many good lines. Another one coming up soon too. <laughs> the, uh, bring up. the so when when Amy and Kiff are hanging out in Kiff's little cubicle, did you look at any of the pictures of her that he had hanging up? Yeah, they're like weird profile picture, like like yeah. her in profile, like so, she's like fat Amy and one then with, Amy. <laughs> uh, Zoidberg. One was Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was one where she was like on the beach naked or something, but like. Like, you could see her. She's sitting in a lawn chair and, like, p- facing back, but there was no suit on. I but they were all one. Like, he's just got them plastered. Like, it's so... I, I don't know. Is it sweet or is it creepy? In his sense, it's probably sweet. That's probably, like, the only pictures that he has of her, and he's just... All of them out. Remind... All the time of her, and he's got like everything over. He's the top. sensitive. He needs to see her. Yeah, he really is. He and Amy is probably the worst girl for Kiff. Period. You think this is true? I I mean, yes, but I think they are also. I mean, good together. I mean, going back or to, can be going back to what we said earlier. If he was with someone who he didn't have to be anxious about, would he actually be? Comfortable, or would he sabotage it? Mm, I don't know. We should have a relationship expert on the show to discuss <laughs> Kip and Amy's relationship. We should. We'll have to. We'll have to put that on the spreadsheet and then see if we can find someone to meet that description. Unless you happen to know relationship experts, do you? No. <laughs> Zap ran again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's got it all figured out. Um. So this is this is where um, I think we've had an argument about this in the past, but the hollow shed is the reference to the the hollow deck hollow deck on, yeah. uh, or, or I guess the danger room on X Men Two is basically the same thing, where it's like none of it's there. It's the big empty room, and then you're interacting. with Yeah, it but I don't. Feels... The danger room you can't just like imagine. Or, no, I guess it's actually the same because you'd program it in anything into that room. Yeah, he and says that he he programmed four in, million uh, four hundred lines of basic, basic for yeah. for the pony <laughs> spirit, what was... the pony I always wanted, but my parents said I had too many ponies already. <laughs> that yeah, that was uh, that was really sort of the 
you know, the exact thing about her where it's just like she still gets fixated on stuff, even though she literally has had everything she's ever wanted. Well, I loved when they were going into the hollow shed and he's talking about how great the hollow shed is, except when it malfunctions and the holograms become real. And she goes, well, that probably won't happen this time, which means it's about to happen. And, <laughs> like, and that it's happened before. And that it yeah. has happened before. And every time it happens, Zap Brannigan gets slapped with another paternity suit. <laughs> Do you think that's because he's been messing with it, trying to make it like extra sexy <laughs> and he keeps following it up and like you know putting in the can- command to make stuff real there's so many like missing gag reels that we could explore with zap brannigan oh. there's so much <laughs> behind the scenes that yeah he could be doing except except i think he was basically a virgin before he met leela he was just uh like johnny bravo kind of yeah and there's uh oh shit i mean i've been watching um Wet Hot American Summer, the 10 years after thing. And I forget, there's too many of them, so I can't remember anybody's names. Mm -hmm. But Ken Marino's character, who's supposed to be like the really jockey sexual bartender, but he's like a a virgin. Yes. Victor? Yes. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, it's basically the same thing with Zap, I think, until Leela gets sort of like, she's pity sex with him ages ago. And then he's like, yes, I've done the sex. But um, like, is this is this something where he goes in and then like, I don't, I there's, I don't even want to imagine what he creates in his hollowed. Well, I mean, we've already seen his bedroom, his sexatorium, hollowed shed, Um, so was was are Attila the Hun, Professor Moriarty, Eva Lincoln, and Jack the Ripper all also Star Trek references? Yes. yes. <laughs> Even All evil, of them? Evil Lincoln is? Evil, well, I think Abraham Lincoln was in an episode of Star Trek. So the evil Lincoln the is evil just Lincoln, a twist? Because everybody, they're all evil, I guess. I don't know. So <laughs> is that how they do episodes or it be like, oh, look, uh, Data's going to be Sherlock Holmes and we're going to chase down Jack the Ripper or something? Is that like, I never delved too deeply into Star Trek. Neither did I. I'm... I'm only aware on the surface of some Star Trek stuff. Tom, anything? Nope. All right. Well, I mean, I like it's, it seems like one of those things where it would all tie into that. But the fact that they all went Victorian, except for Attila the Hun, which seems like a real wild card, but the, the interaction, (laughs) those are uh, the easiest things to program in the holo shed. Lincoln, Attila the Hun, Jack the Ripper, and Professor Moriarty. But uh, the the exchange that Zap has with Attila when he has the uh, <laughs> like the the laser blaster, he's like, just where it's all like erudite, but also like caveman, unfrozen caveman lawyer too, where it's just like, don't point fire stick at it's space canoe, yeah. <laughs> But the, you know, will cause explosive decompression, <laughs> which which it does because Zap misses him, and then everybody gets sucked out. But spare me your space age techno babble until I'm <laughs> <and> on. <laughs> I mean, did did you notice that all of them held onto their hats when they were getting sucked out? <laughs> like as they came out, they all had they're like making sure that their hats don't fly away. But I didn't the other, notice that, but that's really funny. I mean, but but how does that if the hollow shed? malfunctions and they become real like what are what would the limits of that be like 
would there be a point where they they exceed the range and they kind of zap out or are they real people and all of a sudden they're getting asphyxiated in space i don't know they become real Nothing can hurt you in the hollow they, shed unless they become real. I feel that they must become real because they exited the hollow shed. It's not like the environment's left, you know? Yeah. So, because, yeah, I, I would otherwise have chalked it up to cartoon logic, but oh, don't they do got out I and hate, left. I so I'm going to assume that they're real. <laughs> and then, they, and then they just die. They had, like, a reason, like, they argued to not shoot the gun and get jettisoned out of the spaceship. So they must have had some stake in that. So some some fight to preserve their existence. Hmm. Hmm. That's more thought than I would have ever put into that, but it's a valid yeah, point. I like it, though. You, you yeah. asked. <laughs> the, uh, well, and I guess then the other side of that is the moon that was created in Kif's, like, lagoony romantic scenario was also real enough to plug up the hole yeah. mm-hmm. from the laser blaster. Yep, yep. I just want to like throw out. I love this like that sequence of the moon because not only you mentioned there's some some great visuals in the yeah. episode, but also just the subtlety of that joke with Kiff reaching for it and then it just slowly moves out of re- and he just falls in the water and then it <laughs> drops on top of it. Yeah. And it's like solid. It's such a good cartoony little gag. Like there's mm-hmm. it. It's not too much. I think anyone could appreciate it. It's almost like a silent movie gag. Like you'd see that in a Buster Keaton film or a Charlie Chaplin thing or something. But then the fact that it's like like you'd expect it to be like a flat thing and it's actually globular and then just shows up getting sucked out into space and stopping things. Um, this also uh, clearly demonstrated that Zap had like a flappy toupee, which was, I don't think that's ever come oh. up before, but like <laughs> yeah. they dig that Shatner hole even deeper where it just like, it flaps up and he slaps it down really quick just to hold it. I mean, it's uh, it's all they can do to just make him more and more mortifying, like at every step of the way. <laughs> and I and I I think that's maybe, I think I think this episode in particular almost fleshed his character out enough for me to not be hung up on the Phil Hartman esque aspect. Oh, that's of good. But like I said, I'm. I just also brought up an unfrozen caveman lawyer, and I'm really going to wallow in this. <laughs> <laughs> also, this whole thing. Uh, Kiff's glove falls off. That's the big part of this episode. Yeah, and it uh, that skin-to-skin contact thing is another one of those things from um, from Worlds of Tomorrow. That's uh, you know, it it all tie. I think this is like a sweet spot as far as those those two properties. Is that what they call them now? Properties. <laughs> they have the cartoon and the video game and all that, but. The, the skin-to-skin contact, why wouldn't that have been... Well, okay. It hasn't been brought up before, but he also doesn't wear pants. So aren't his legs susceptible to this too, or is it Yeah, he even said you could get it from a toilet seat. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why... Yeah, that's why he's got his own private washroom. Yeah, then. and then that's <laughs> no, why Zach Brannigan has to get in, into the... I think your the, toilet's uh, set to stun, not kill. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's, that's really... That's such a good joke. Uh, be, like, <laughs> I, I don't think it's something... Like, we live right by a giant uh, source of fresh water. So it's not like places where they're really trying to conserve it. Not that we're just like blasting water out all the time or anything, but like 
we generally, I think, in this area of the country have pretty good water pressure. And when I travel to places that don't, like, it is severely lacking. And you get, like, the low-flow toilets and things like that. Or now, on this on this road trip I just took, um, prior to about three days ago, I would have hands down bet money on the fact that rest stops in Indiana were the most godforsaken places yeah. in the world. I agree. They uh, At least along I-80, they have upped oh, their God. game. The last time I drove from Cleveland to Chicago was 2013 or 14. And I just remember I I left Cleveland at like 2 a.m. to get to Chicago by 6 or 7. Yeah. Spent the day at a convention and then left again at like 6 p.m. So I just remember <laughs> I, I got stuck in, in traffic in Cleveland for several hours, not going anywhere, Ooh. trying to get out. And I just remember it being like super dark because it was in November um, doing laps around one of like the nastiest rest stations I have ever oh. been to somewhere in the middle of Indiana because I was just about to fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> it's, it is, they have 100% up their game and the new rest stops along I-80 in Indiana are some of the best I've ever been to, but they're also like super environmentally conscious, which I would not have expected from a state that Mike Pence mm. was running up <laughs> until a few uh, months ago. Um, all like you know, like zero water toilets and like it's it, weird. And zero water? Yes, like That's no weird. flush. I don't know how it works. Gravity, something. Maybe the porcelain is coated with some kind of like uh, europhobic, <laughs> uh, you know, thing that just makes it it won't stick yeah. no matter what you do. I mean, like somebody's got to go in there and scrub them down still. But like, it it was crazy. And it, there's at least like. They're still building a couple, like, towards the end of the state by Gary because who's going to invest money over there? Yeah. But um, seriously, like, you could just go right across the border and check it out. Like, it's it's pretty nice. they got restaurants, and it's uh, it's something else. I might go live in one. <laughs> They're all dedicated to, like, historical people. Like, like Evil Lincoln. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Those are was. the Illinois ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the... I think the the whole point of that was the the uh, the dirty to- oh the water pressure and the set the stun and kill thing. So like yeah, the, when you go somewhere that has shitty water pressure and you've got to deal with like a bad toilet, like um, I, I, there's whenever I would go to Europe in the olden days for like rock and roll tours and things, like the the plumbing was hands down the most fucked up thing that we'd ever have to deal with and one of those like there was this i distinctly remember this thing because it just doesn't make sense the way it was designed it was this toilet in the netherlands that like instead of there being the raised part at the front and the water in the back there was a platform in the back and the water in the front and when you would flush it would push whatever was on the platform into the front which weird, 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 <laughs> and not functionally designed well. Because if you're in there doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's it's not pleasant for anybody. Oh. Yeah, I, I feel like 
we as a civilization don't quite have plumbing down yet. No. Like maybe we should spend some time researching and investing in, in our toilet technology. It's been around for a long time, though. Like the Romans had toilets. I mean, like it's at least a couple thousand years. But this stuff is like the other thing would be like how to get hot water out of a shower. It just it, there'd be a box on the wall that I think. You know, now if you get like one of those tankless water heaters for your house, it's kind of like that where it just as the water passes through, it gets superheated. And then by the time it gets to your faucet, you're fine. But imagine having a box like the size of a laptop on the wall in your shower and you've got to crank dials that are like, you know, egg timers and things just to get lukewarm water to not freeze. It, it was, you know, great experiences, lots of stories. But to this day, I still think the plumbing is just not worked out <laughs> over there and yeah. they've they've been around several hundred years longer than we have except the japanese they got it down <laughs> yeah really well, good yeah, yeah yeah so do you think that that kiff's toilet would be more like that like are we talking like a japanese super toilet with the sprays and the i'm sure yeah they have to they have suicide booths and yeah but like if you go on an airplane or I, even, I guess, the, like the space shuttle or the International Space Station, like there's not really water involved. It's a suction apparatus that's taking yeah. care of things. Like, But this is also 3,000 years in the future. 1,000 years in the future. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 1,000 years in the future. Give I'm or, tired today. Give or take a little bit. But that's... Uh, I, I, I'm curious now. We'll have to look up on the infosphere, and by that I mean I'll never get around to it, but like if there's reference to how the plumbing actually works on the ships. Because the Nimbus is giant. It might have like its own gravity thing hmm. kind of going on. But who said about the toilet seat being the uncle? That was another zap quote. Oh. <laughs> they were talking about the, uh, the way that Kif could get pregnant. He's, got, he's talking about how Amy is his smizmar and... It's a little bit later because right now, right now they're still uh, in the Horta Burn Clinic, the Sick Bay <laughs> slash Horta Burn Clinic, which is also a Star Trek reference. Is it? It is. What is Horta? Uh, they were like an, a, I think a, a race of aliens that were like crystalline that had really hot skin. Huh. So like I guess the joke there is that the, like you touch one and you're burnt. You're burnt. Okay. That I was wondering what that was. Um, this was after Zap went to the hollow shed to relax after the hollow shed became real and tried to kill them all. Another great line. Uh, other than some broken bones, internal hemorrhaging, and a partially barfed up heart. <laughs> yeah. Whose was it? Yeah, yeah they, they, that's what I was wondering. Who, whose heart was partially barfed up? I'm going to have to guess it's uh, Kiff because... He's the only person there that would ha could potentially have more than one. Everyone else is human, or unless was, Bender is. Just... Zoidberg wasn't along too, was he? No, he was, no. He was back at the office, um, living in his home, which we find out <laughs> where he's living right now. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it could have been Bender's. He could have just had a heart. That's true. Like yeah. just a partially barfed up heart. Let's say either Kiff or Bender. It's like a, yeah. a completely fifty-fifty split there. But uh, at that point, they determined that Kiff is in fact pregnant. And <laughs> Bender gets so mad because he's like, you stupid biologicals and your weird reproductive stuff. But I mean, I, it's, it's kind of crazy, uh, but the, uh, no glove, no love <laughs> that you disgust me. Go, Go on. on. <laughs> that's, that's really like, I've, Oh, there was something I was just, 
um, I don't know, some kind of thing that I was engaged with that I clearly, <laughs> clearly have no re- re- recollection of. Um, but something like that where it was like, I, you know, don't, what you're doing is wrong. I want to hear all about it. I mean, I guess it's basically like what going to confession is. I mean, tell me all your sins. <laughs> go go ahead. Um, but there's this reveal that comes in here. Number one, Amy's super unhappy because she's young and doesn't want to be saddled with responsibility. But then when Kiff is lying on the bed underneath his outfit, is a pair of tidy whities And you think those are regulation? I didn't even notice that. He's doing like a full-on beaver shot, you know, but he's got tidy whities on underneath mm. where normally we all assume that Zap is like naked. And Zap still may be free-balling. That's entirely possible. I'd argue that he probably has on some sort of like international male Are you giving underwear yeah. in... If you're in the armed forces, are you given underwear? Yes. Oh, then they're probably regulation. regulation. I feel like we've seen Zap in his underwear at some point in the show. We've seen him in underwear, but not in his uniform. Okay. Where we got a good upskirt in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty like bold move. Yeah, he's he is not shy at all. But the uh, the thing where the professor creates. The DNA, uh, what is it? The uh, the matrifuge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that carnival. Ride. He's like, I, I even I laughed at me when I invented this, but I showed myself. <laughs> like that's that's one of those beautiful fry-esque lines where it's just like, I mean, the guy invented a smelloscope and a thing longer. <laughs> so for him to be like, I created this thing, but it's basically, I haven't been to an amusement park in twenty years. Do they still have things like the rotor? Yes. Is it still as dangerous and awful as it used to be? Yeah. There was like an amusement park uh, over at the Corn Fest. One of the rides broke down, you know, a few weeks yeah. ago. So A few months ago, that one at the Ohio State Fair yeah. killed some so people. So they're all oh. still just so One person. One person injured several people. Yeah, that's that's one more than needs yeah. to get. Right. I agree. Ride. I agree. Ugh, don't I'm watch not, that I video. am not... Yeah, at all defending do not fold watch up that video. carnival rides. Yeah, and that's going back to like the keepers. Like I, I know what that's going to be. I don't mm-hmm. need to see it. I oh just yeah, I, I had no plans to watch that video until someone posted it on Facebook and it like auto played as I was going through my feed. Oh, it's yeah, just gruesome. It just it's too much. And then I was trying to sleep later that night, and I just kept seeing it in my brain. And I'm like not one to be easily like put off by something no. like that. Like I'm not, I'm not queasy or squeamish, but that just like, that messed me up. Like, even if you think you're tough enough, like, Oh yeah, I can watch that video. Like whatever. No, oh. don't just don't do it. I don't. It's it. I just remember, um, I was never good with roller coasters. There was like a sweet spot when I was maybe like 12 or 13 where I, I'd, I'd go on them. But even then, like the super high or the super fast ones are not for me. Mm-hmm. I was always good on spinny rides. And this one in particular, um, how this place doesn't exist anymore. It's like one of those, or maybe, maybe it does. It's a place called Conneaut Lake Park. It's way east, either just over or just before the Pennsylvania border. Hmm. And it's like, there's this big old shining ass hotel that has no air conditioning. So it's, brutal in the summer and it's i mean it's basically like a dormitory or a former insane asylum or something like it's not a comfortable place um 
and they had like a basically a state fair carny set up that just sort of plopped down and stayed there permanently. And we went there a few years when we were, you know, like my my family and a bunch of our other family friends would go. So it'd be like, you know, 20 or 30 adults just sitting on the porch at the hotel getting shit-faced all day long and then like 50 kids and just running amok in the the thing. You know, there's <laughs> like, you know, like this old-timey water slide where you'd sit on like a boogie board and slide down Sounds it. like Kalahari or something. Yeah, like that. but there was like, there was a ride there called the Hellhole. <laughs> which, <laughs> wow. Which was, hey, Mommy, I want to go on yeah. the Hellhole. I, I went on it like 100 times. It's, <laughs> it's the rotor, and so you'd go in and the, you'd stand against the wall, and as it reached velocity, Satan's you'd stick ass. to it. And the floor <laughs> would drop out. But then like, you know, the pro move would be like to get uh, you know, 90 degrees to the wall, either like mm-hmm. sitting up or whatever. But it was still just one of those things like this is not, this is not healthy. Like this is basically giving yourself a concussion. Uh, it can't be good. But we went on it so many times. The, the last time we were there, which was, like I said, decades ago, the thing I remember the most is like they were getting ready for Cheap Trick to perform there. <gasps> like this is, this was like. I love Cheap Trick. Well, right. Everybody loves Cheap Trick. <laughs> I want to go on the hellhole and watch this, Cheap Trick. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this was like after, you know, they had the resurgence in the late 80s with like um, the album that had the flame mm-hmm. on it. I forget what it was called. It had the flame and the, the Don't Be Cruel cover and they mm-hmm. kind of popped up again. But it's not like they ever stopped. But this was like five or six years after that. It was not. When they were playing parking lots of dollar stores and stuff like that. Yeah, they were playing Connie Out Lake Park. I mean, it was it was not a good thing. But uh, yeah, those those sorts of things. Like, who even designs? Well, actually, I think my brother in law is engineers design things. (laughs) I think my brother in law is an engineer that works on shit like that, like roller coasters and stuff. Uh, And I always try to ask him about that and then I forget to because it's his job has so many other weird twists and turns um just like roller coasters yes yes and so Fry was not the mother Zap was not the mother Zoidberg was not the mother Amy was not the mother and it ends up being Leva <laughs> Zoidberg Shocker. was just in there because it was he was a. Uh, Living there. Yeah, yeah. Zoidberg <laughs> wasn't even on <laughs> the Nimbus. He was he got uh he got left. Just but he was out. living in that uh the centrifuge, the mat- matrifuge or whatever it was called. I mean it doesn't ever get used. I don't have a home. <laughs> that was like a weird Zoidberg line. <laughs> <laughs> They're all weird, but yeah, that's why everybody that's just loves like them. one of the, the weird like the saddest ones. So that's when uh so they find out that Amy's not the the mother, father. And they explain what a smizmar is because that's the terminology that's yeah, been around for a long time. She's the one that inspired the feeling of love that allowed Kif to get pregnant, but it was Leela's DNA that transferred into Kif that actually got him pregnant. There's a uh there's a metaphor there <laughs> for the modern state <laughs> of the world <laughs> that uh I don't want to go too deep into it, but maybe maybe that's something Dan Savage would have some thoughts on or something mm. like, you know, the 
No, never mind. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, let's not go, so, go down that road. So uh, Leela and Amy are sitting in the bar drinking some kind of sparkly slurm drink. But those were so cool when they blew they, like, the sparks, blew off, the the sparks off the top. So this is this is when we get to see Amy using her um, wrist low jackamator. Yeah. And she her calendar comes up and she's putting Kiff's baby shower on her calendar and some of the funniest shit is <laughs> on her calendar. Like um, bi-monthly dimple rotation. Lunch with, uh, it was like, she had two different friends. She's like, lunch with this one. Yeah. Lunch with Molly. Trash Molly with Tina. Yeah. Trash Tina with Molly. Find, Find new friends. friends. <laughs> Recharge her bra. Adopt all puppies. Hang with Walter it. Koenig, which was another Star Trek reference. Uh, search couch for spare millions. Pity party for the less popular. <laughs> and snub all dark-haired boys. Benefit for divorced princesses was one of the, the better ones. <laughs> Rearrange uh, teddy bears. Promote Mr. Fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that was... Oh, there's one that you missed. And this snub one, all dark-haired boys. I, I, <laughs> That's the other I one. got that one. What is a girly cure? It's a manicure, but for girls. Well, <laughs> it's that, a cure. But that's what I was wondering about because a manicure is a manicure and a pedicure is a pedicure. Is this maybe it's just some sort full of full makeover. body thing, or is it something like some sort of procedure? I don't know. Pony aerobics for, sound. A, it sounds a whole lot better. Was that on there? <laughs> that was on yeah. There. Oh, that and uh, cuteness trainer. <laughs> Extreme aromatherapy. Green shirt day. <laughs> just. <laughs> I don't. Important. I don't even know where those came from. Like, did did they pan over and, or is there like a list? There, somebody uh, compiled a list. There's only a couple did. that you couldn't t- tell what it was, but, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Pausing it, I don't know how much you could see. You probably had to. I yeah. I paused it and got, you know, seven yeah. or eight of them. Mm-hmm. Someone may have gone to the lengths to actually see because she does it at first and you see it from behind so someone, oh yeah, someone yeah. may yeah. have been able right enough extra to, put yeah. on extra effort because that's I, i'm so envious of people with self-directed time then motherhood oh, set calendar for motherhood it you know that um <laughs> that hit relatively close to home the less for me and more so for my, well for my wife, obviously, because she's the one who's experiencing motherhood. But um, she had some real funny ideas about how exciting her life would be, uh, you know, with child versus the reality of it. <laughs> and it didn't really jive with like, I mean, and, and it's it's kind of sad in a certain way because there were a lot of friends who just kind of like split because they're like, nah, we can't deal with responsibility. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's... It's not untrue, but it's still possible to not be completely beaten down by parenthood. Not completely beaten down by it. I mean, you're going to get beaten down a little bit, probably a lot. But it, it, that really was like, oh, this is, this is maybe a little too close to home for, for me. Um, but the baby shower, they were at Fry and Bender's apartment, right? So they were at yeah, Robot yes. Arms. Robot Arms. And it was for a baby something. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> I think this is uh it's unclear what the offspring is. A mutant alien hybrid. 
<laughs> Everyone we invited is here. Also Zoidberg. Also Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a tried and true Zoidberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just chimes in and, and he's off. But the gifts were uh, <laughs> like Bender's baby booties. Again, going back to this whole concept of Bender being a child at yeah. some point because he manufactured as a full-size bending robot, right? They show In Bender, theory. Baby Bender, and they've shown Baby Bender. Yeah. yeah. Later on, mm. when when Bender and Bev make, well, I don't want to get too no. into that one. You'll you'll have more questions about all of yeah. this as we go on. This, this comes back answers? up. Yes. Okay. You will. And no. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I I just uh, the the orphan basket, <laughs> which. We all knew what that was, but then we're like, "Is it for picnics?" <laughs> and <laughs> it could also be used, for picnics. Yeah, just just for Hermes to be able to like, no, it's not a total bummer. Um, you don't really see babies in baskets very much anymore, except in photo shoots for babies. It's all it's, contrived. It's just a trope. Yeah, I, I don't think I was ever put in a basket as a baby. There's worse places to find a baby than in a basket. So I think isn't that like this a thing that Swedish people do, or and it's like growing in popularity over here is that when you have a baby, you're sent home from the hospital with like a box of stuff, but then you take the stuff out and there's like a mattress, like a tiny little box mattress inside and your baby sleeps in a box. If it has a mattress, it's safer. It's safer than a, it's safer than a crib. They say. Yeah. I I mean, first of all, you you just tape it back up and poke holes in it. Yeah. And then, (laughs) and then you check out it in 12 years. You leave it at the fire. Set it and forget it. It's, it's, um, <laughs> babies are really small and they don't need a lot of space to sleep. Um, but I, that makes sense. Maybe that's where the, ba- I'm just thinking that's maybe where the basket thing comes from. Maybe babies lived in baskets. <laughs> well, the storks had to bring them in something. So if it wasn't a bindle, well, that's it was just definitely like a, be a yeah, basket. The, the, the bindle. And I sure. assume when you leave a baby at a firehouse, you should put it in a basket. No, you need to put it in a big rubber boot. <laughs> What if there isn't one available? You're at a firehouse. You just have to take one off the wall. No, I'm just mean leaving it outside of the... Oh, you can't do that. Oh. And you have to protect it from the elements somehow. Oh. That's but, what the basket's for. It, well, exactly. But then you need to have a... Like a picnic basket I, would actually... Sorry, I don't know good. how the whole dropping babies off a firehouse no, no, no. goes still. <laughs> no still don't understand. in that field, well, We have to do that as like an experiment. It's legal. It's legal in Ohio yes. to you have to take Yeah, we had your, a whole yeah. conversation about this one one podcast um and I th- one of our guests I think like didn't even know that was something that you could or people could do. Or, it was like, either it was a that thing. or someone someone said that like in certain states you they can be up to like teenagers. And he just what? Be like yeah, I, I, I might be conflating different things. This huh. it's either something a guest of ours said, or it's part of someone's comedy bits that I've seen. But like, apparently there are states where you can drop people off at the firehouse and surrender them like up to a certain shockingly old age. Hmm. And then like, I don't think you can come back and pick them up several years <laughs> later or anything. I think it's that was just kind kidding. Of the point. I'm ready for that kid now. Yeah. Like, fuck this teenager stuff. Yeah, speaking of people not being ready for kids, Amy freaks out because her parents give her... her. They trashed her party board and mm-hmm. turned it into an ironing board. 
she cries and, and flees. But here's the thing. A really nice ironing board is, like, a great <laughs> thing to have. Like... She is not ready. She wants her party board. She wants the party board. You know, for it being the future, I thought the party board would have like legs that were like made out of lasers or like or the ironing board, like something a little yeah. with a little more pizzazz. Well, I don't. I, I guess with the Wongs, it would probably you'd expect it to be gaudier anyway because they're very like nouveau riche kind of trashy. Just, the fact that it doesn't makes it even that more <laughs> that much more depressing that it's just old school rusty because you know every single you know, ironing board in existence yes every single ironing board in existence because does that when you open it up yeah they all do it I, I mean like i'm actually probably due for a new one right now but the thing like just with the amount of travel i do and the amount of ironing i have to do in hotel rooms like a shitty ironing board will just ruin your day like it, it is <laughs> It's because it's such a simple thing. It's like I need a flat, hard thing that won't burn, and it needs to be sturdy so that it doesn't fall over. And, like, getting those two qualities together in a hotel ironing board, it's like one out of five. There's usually something messed up with it somehow. Maybe they make good travel ones you could look into. <laughs> I You know, it's just it's just for – it's like – it's like one of those things where you just need to have the right tools. So like, yeah, you can make do a number of other ways, but it's not, you know, it, it'll take five minutes to do on a good ironing board. It'll take 12 minutes to do on a shitty ironing board. And it'll take you three hours on a travel ironing board because it's so small. And it's just, you like, as you're moving stuff around, it starts getting wrinkled again. Right. That's it's why just, I just throw my things in the dryer with a damp towel. And it comes out unwrinkled. Yeah. But then does it smell like a towel? I just no. hang you throw everything. A thingamajigger in it. Uh, a a whatchamajigger or a thingamajigger? You know, the things with the thing. Dryer sheet? Thing. Yes. A dryer yeah. sheet. <laughs> the whatchamajigger is the, the thing, office. The thingy yeah. with the whatchacallits. Whatcha yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kajigger. The kajiggers. Those kajiggers. <laughs> <laughs> but the line that the longs use to just nail this home for Amy is the only surfing you're going to do now is under the big wave of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so it is surfing, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so. uh, figuratively. But then, then Kiv, Kiv saying that this baby will rend my loins in twain. <laughs> twain. Just earlier on in the episode, he said, come thither when he brought her to yeah. <laughs> come the, thither. To the, the holiday shed. Oh, and like Kif. He's got just that subtle little lisp he's so uh effete it's really great but uh i think this scene all wrapped with zoidberg making the baby crying noise which was terrifying awful. <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> yeah i mean like he makes a lot of weird noises right it's part yeah. of this mm -hmm. thing. just oh but. that was almost like the ned flanders purple drapes screen <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's a uh, well, Marge becomes a realtor, and okay. she somehow gets stuck trying to sell this house where someone was murdered. So she's taking the Flanderses through the house, and she hears this lady scream, "Ah!" And then she turns around, and it's Ned going, "Purple drapes! I love purple drapes!" <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid Flanders! Oh, Flanders! Um, is. Is this the first mention of Amphibious 9 as Kif's home planet? I think so. 
They go back to it a few times, mm-hmm. I think. But I believe this is the first time because the great, uh, the grand midwife. We see her. You see her often. Yeah. Yeah. They also, they had more machetes. So I thought that the great machete battles uh, (laughs) book was sort of foreshadowing into that because they were just like chopping the shit out of the, you know, the way to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Was was there a, there was like the giant poisonous crowed. Frowed. Frowed. <laughs> poisonous frowed. See, this I thought was the, the one of the dumbest bender lines. He just makes the dumbest yo mama joke. Like, <laughs> oh, it, it, so what like, is this? A frog or a toad or your mama? Big fat mama or something. <laughs> yeah. like it. It's ugh, dumb. But was, uh, was it the hypnotode that kind of poked its head up? Out? They don't see the whole thing, but it looked like the eyes sort of rising out of the water. Has I that, don't think it was the hypnotoad. No, no, it was, probably it was something purple. That, yeah, hmm. something that we looked could always like that. use more hypnotoad though. Um, yeah, we've we've used it on this show when necessary. <laughs> 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 um, but the 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 <laughs> the grand midwife's commitment to the actual ceremony because she's like, I learned all this by rote. I'm not changing it. <laughs> like that's uh. We keep coming back to churchy stuff, I think. Yeah. But Smizmar is not there. How, how shameful! Did uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably just making you feel worse, aren't I? <laughs> the uh, the whole birthing sequence. I mean, like Amy comes in at the end, at the last minute, to save the day and be with Kiff. It's on all her great. party board. On her party on board. On her party board, which she converted back. That's the whole thing. Like she's an engineer. She's really smart. Like I don't mm-hmm. know why she's so despondent. She's like, yeah, I'll just I'll change it back, but. Uh, is it you or have I gone crazy with loneliness? <laughs> with such a Both. great and perfectly kiff line. And then uh, then there's the birthing sequence, um, which reminded me of two things. Do any of you remember on Mork and Mindy where Robin Williams gave birth to Jonathan Winters? Are you familiar with that? I mean, it was... <sighs> What what I mean he he basically did a sleight of hand act where he produced an egg from his chest like a regular sized egg and then part of the gag was See, like I'm, I'm we're too young for I figure for like Mark I and Mindy I've seen it Mindy, yeah I've seen Mark yeah. and Mindy but that wasn't that's not part of my uh, it was this was like you know like and actually if you think back it's kind of subversive because it was like the opposite of the Cosby model where it's like oh shit Rudy's getting old we got to find a new baby. Cute it up. <laughs> they are like, okay, well, they're, we're going to make him have a baby, but it's going to be like a 70-year-old man. And so, like, Robin Williams as Mork had this egg, and then they created a nest, and the egg would get bigger and bigger and bigger until it was, like, the size of a refrigerator. And ultimately, <laughs> like, Jonathan Winters was birthed as the son because they do the Benjamin Button reverse aging or something. Mm. So that was... That was how that all happened. So this kind of reminded me of that because it's just like, you know, whatever. It also reminded me of uh, actual childbirth. Have you ever been in a room where nope. that's happening? No, no, no thanks. No. Uh, it's, I believe, in like fifth grade health class we had to watch. Yeah, you watch but... the movie, but you, like at that point, there's way too many questions in the first place about what's actually going on, and then they, no, it's. Uh... <sighs> I don't want to. I don't think I. I don't think I need to hear about it. I'm not. Gonna, well, I'm not going to talk about it in depth because that's probably uh, <laughs> one of like four things that would really, really, really not go over well if it uh, came up around. My it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Discussion. It's a beautiful, beautiful it's, no, thing. No, 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 no. 
it's a miraculous thing. <laughs> Beauty is <laughs> not an adjective that should ever be uttered. It's well, isn't uh, Bender's like taking pictures of Kiff, like plopping out these tadpoles? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Ew. ultimately, click. <laughs> like how, how? That's the whole difference, I guess. I mean, I guess maybe it depends on the size of Cliff's or Kiff's cloaca or whatever. Like if it was real tiny, then those coming out could still be harder. Maybe there's like a big egg sack or something that needed to like get rent. But mm. it seems like. He wasn't wearing his uh, tidy whities Yeah, yeah. And Obviously. then there was like a lot of those little tadpoles. But I would think mm-hmm. that Some those of them would be had one eye. Come out. That mm-hmm. was the, and that was the big reveal at the yeah. end. It was like, oh, they are Leela's, you know, uh, children or something. Um, but and shit. And then after all of that prelude, like Fry, uh, <laughs> Fry just sums it up. What a disgusting and beautiful process. That's birth for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when the the uh, grand midwife says, like, I will take my leave now. I live here, so I won't actually be going anywhere, but you don't have to talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly summed up her, like, disinterest yeah. and just, you know, getting through with the ceremony at all means. I mean, the, the whole snakes and bugs and things was a little interesting. I mean, is that... And Amy, you know, asserts her motherly instinct by protecting the offspring. And so does Leela yeah. as the actual mother. It's, you know, with a lot of kicks and chops and machetes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It, it was, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess it all ended on that nice note with the blinky one-eyed tap pole mm-hmm. coming up. And in 20 years, they'll grow legs and crawl back on yeah. the land as children. Very and con- then maybe Amy will be ready. Conveniently yeah. placed <laughs> the amount of time for Amy to potentially be you know, <laughs> settling down. Right. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, why wouldn't that come up earlier? Because she's all worried about the responsibilities. Like, she didn't, they just have to sit in a pond for a couple decades. Like, I don't, Kip never really went into that. Yeah. I don't think. He never went into that beforehand. No. Right. So I don't think that uh, she was she was just thinking motherhood. She probably didn't even know what was going to happen. Why wouldn't she ask? Because she's Amy. Also, she's just afraid. <laughs> I feel if Kiff had gone into it, something would have happened where in which someone interrupted him or walked over him or some something would have probably happened. That- That's a good point. He's... Uh, he's wide open for it. Amy was too concerned about how her life was going to be to even, like think about what actually was happening. I guess that's a good point. Fair enough. Yes. Um, yeah, so I feel like this is a pretty good episode to kick off the fourth season of Futurama. Does What do we have to look forward to this season? Laughs. Is, does, does the quality stay good? I guess, you know, here's, here's the thing. We're at this point where at the end of the season was cancel event number one, right? After this season, yes. Yeah, because the movies were the reboot to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, does it finish strong? I think this is, is this the season where we get into Leela's uh, backstory? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'd say that judging from the titles mm-hmm. of the episodes as I was uh, looking at them. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I been a watch. while since I've kind of dug into season four. It's, um, 
I wish I had looked at the episode titles because, yeah, there's definitely some I don't know how late down the road they are, but there's some ones that, you know, there's a lot of good touching personal episodes of Futurama. Mm-hmm. And this uh, one really isn't. Oh, yeah, we do have the big one coming. Yeah. Up. <laughs> Considering <laughs> that this episode is like about side characters, it's really not bad. Like there's some good elements of like role reversal and parenthood. Yeah. Like it is a thoughtful episode, but it's maybe not as standout ish as. Uh, some infamous episodes, but I won't. I'm, I'm not sure where they stand in the context of the series. They're 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 coming up. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. several good episodes this season. Yeah. Okay, um, and it's and it's a pretty short season. I think it's only 18 uh, episodes. It's only 18. Yeah. yeah, probably got canceled prematurely. Oh dear. But the at last episode of the season is probably my least favorite of the whole show, which is oh. unfortunate that we, we when it was canceled, it goes out like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll get there. All right. So, yep. but I think overall, I think this season has most of like the top episodes for people. So we're hitting an apex. Good. Good. We can start hemorrhaging listeners then after these next 17 episodes. <laughs> Perfect. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so on that note, thanks for joining us, Robbie. Yes, thank, thank you guys you. for having me. Do you have me. anything that you want to plug? Um, Oh, I'm not too sure. Uh, I Maybe not so much stuff that I want to plug, but uh, I did four years of college radio, and I have a video and production company called Family 13 Productions here in Cleveland. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of trying to get back into podcasts. Or, well, I've never done podcasting, but uh, I'm, you know. When's the next issue of Cooney coming out? Oh, yeah, I do a comic book called Cooney. It's about my great-grandfather, who was the head of the Homicide Squad here in the 1930s. Oh, so, okay, like C-O-O-N-E-Y, like the Irish name, not yes. like a raccoon. No, yeah, he's a real person, yeah. So, oh, uh, it's about a raccoon that solves crimes. Yeah. <laughs> that, now that I would want to read. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a uh, spinoff. Yeah, there's uh, we're working on a Christmas issue of Cooney, so cool. um, that'll potentially be out, you know, on family13.com or on Comixology. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll be back for more Futurama, though. So that uh, if people want to find you on the Internet, Family 13, is it Family? Family 13 Productions. The number or spelled out? One, uh, one three, okay. yeah. Or Robbie Puzz. Or, I'm not a hard guy to find. Uh, you know, it's all out there. All right. Uh, I guess, you know, people know what to do at that point. Click. Uh, maybe. Yeah, click. Buy. <laughs> <laughs> write, write a yeah. review. Go do the Say thing. hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, good first episode as a host, host Michelle. Yes, thank hey. you, Michelle, of hey. course. Uh, Michelle. So you'll be hearing her a lot more. Every week. Every week. Get used to it. Shit. Uh, on that note, we can be found at slurmcast.com. We can be emailed at slurmcastpod at gmail.com. You can give us a call or text or a multimedia uh, messaging service message at 216-438-1077. Yeah, that's correct. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, and you can write and review us in iTunes. It would be great if you did. Find the link, buy T-shirts. And the T-shirt shop at TeePublic. We uh, will be following up on that very we soon. We did have somebody that um, made a design that's interested in having it sold in the store so anybody else let us know yes uh other than that we'll be back to talk at you next week so thanks for listening thank you bye 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 bye